Welcome to the Ryan Pineda Show, where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. Now rocking with the best. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Ryan Pineda Show. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. He is actually my right-hand man over at Home Run Offer. He is the COO, the one who makes everything run, who most of the people are talking to on a daily basis, and the one that allows me to, you know, just make content and do podcasts instead of uh, analyzing deals all day. So welcome to the one and only Sean Bob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So for those of you who don't know, um, Sean Bob's real name is not Sean Bob. I'm sure that's... uh, the first thing you guys are wondering, what's your real name? For witness protection, I'm not allowed to actually say it. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it anyway and give you cover. <laughs> so his name is actually Robert <clears throat> Robinson, which is a uh, interesting name in itself. But uh, yeah, dude, are you excited? So excited. I don't think it's an interesting name. It's just the name I was given. I know. Both but my it, grandparents. But were. it's just like Rob Rob. It's the same thing. It's, you sure. have the same name. For sure. But I'm saying here's how like things were back in the day. My, both my grandfathers are Roberts. So that's okay. how I was named. I get it. Both my grandmas were Marys, and both my grandfathers are Roberts. Had brothers named Bill. So what apparently, you, people back in the what's day. What's your brother's name? I Robert? Have, I don't have a brother. But he would have been Robert. He would have been Bill. Oh, okay. Because I was Robert. Got it. Yeah. It's, you guys need to. Well, at least <laughs> you switched your kids' names up. They're totally different now. There you go. I'm, I'm glad you made that decision. So, yeah, um, yeah dude. I, I kind of want to talk about a lot of the things that you've gone through and, and where you're at today because uh, a lot of people don't know, but they think that like I'm the one kind of running things when I'm not. And I just think your story is going to be really good for a lot of people who um, maybe necessarily don't want to start their own company, but go work at a company and really progress really quick. Yeah. So um, why don't you just start off and tell your story, man? Just uh, a little bit about yourself uh, personally and um, career-wise. Okay. Um, so getting into real estate, I'm assuming we go before that or when we go, dude, just, I want to hear, um, right. what little Sean Bob was like, everything. All right. So a lot of people know that I went to college for about eight years, never graduated. <laughs> so there's no degree requirement to, no degree to be a COO. Okay. No. Some companies, yes, maybe, maybe, but not this one. <laughs> so yeah, I've, uh, I went to college for eight years. I did about four different colleges and I had a lot of fun. Um, I thought you were at UNLV the whole time. Where else did you go? No, I went to UNLV for the first year. And then a buddy of mine was like, dude, let's go to Newport. I'm like, all right, let's go to Newport. It was way too expensive. My parents cut me off and they're like, <laughs> they're like, you can go out there, but you have to pay your own bills. I'm like, all right, fine. At least you guys will pay for school. And they're like, yeah, we'll do that. And then after a year, I'm like, man, it's just too expensive. So I, were you working? Yeah. What were you doing? I uh, worked. I was, so I did valet. Okay. Which was terrible. Cause California is way different than Nevada. Okay. And then I was a delivery driver at a pizza shop. And between the two jobs, I just couldn't make enough. Yeah. I had a bunch I, of savings and I'm saying just kind of blew through it. Okay. So I was over it, moved back to Vegas, went to CSN again. Um, and then like during a summer, I was working for an uncle of mine, um, doing construction, making some money. And uh, went to uh, PCC, Pasadena City College. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. And then came back to UNLV. And then... I don't even know why I went to school still. Like, I, like at that point, like during like my, like my year, like six and seven, I was, you can't even call it. it like your junior or senior year. You gotta be like, yeah, you know, it's like Harry Potter, yeah. you know, it was like seven years. 
It was, I'm saying it's a lot of fun. I learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. But towards the end of my college career, um, I actually started my first business. I was a, uh, I developed a runner service for law firms. Right. And that was cool and all. It was, I did it for about two years and I still have royalties from one person who picked up my clients. Really? Yeah. Wow. What do you uh, make from that? I was making uh, $28 a month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I was like, man, I've never heard of this. You got some passive income yeah. I don't know about. Okay. Um, you can, but, you can buy lunch. But like, but like three years ago, he called me. He's like, hey, I'm finally selling up my business. So like I owe you a check. And I was thinking like maybe a hundred bucks. Gave me 600 bucks. I'm like, all right, oh, cool. Nice. But yeah, technology kind of took me out of that. So that didn't really work out too well. <laughs> you e- know, they e- could just filing. email it. <laughs> yeah. Emailing took me out. Um, but yeah, the other cool thing. So like after that, um, I kind of got in the restaurant business. A, bu- a bunch of my friends like, dude, you can make some quick cash. So I got into that. Um Worked at probably four or five different restaurants. Um, and then finally, just my best friend and I were talking. We're like, dude, we should get in real estate. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So we took the real estate class and did nothing with it. Really? Did nothing with it. He took the test and he failed. And he was like, I'm like shit, if you fail, dude, I'm probably going to fail. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then like six months later, um, I was hanging out with a cousin down in Newport. We were day drinking and I sliced my hand open. And I get a month off work and I'm like, dude, I need to figure something out. Like, yeah, I need my hands to work. I need to get a job that I don't need that. You so were a server at the time. Yeah. Server yeah. at the time. Right. So, uh, we were taught, I was talking with my parents and I was like, I think I'm gonna get back in real estate. I think my goal is I'm going to save up 30 K from August till January and quit my job. Okay. And that's what I did. What year was this back in August? Uh, 2014, 2014. Okay. So 2014. I did that. And I went to a doctor and said, hey, I really need some help studying. And they're like, well, we can give you Adderall. <laughs> As I said, perfect. Okay. <laughs> if this is what the people are doing, I've never taken it before. So I, I did that for three weeks and then got off it and took my real estate test and passed it second time. So then after that, I was waiting so three, you, you three took, months. You took Adderall. It didn't do anything and you quit. But well, somehow saying, that made you pass the test. I don't get it. It made me study. Like everyone's like, I remember in college. Oh, you used it to study and then you were good enough to pass and then you quit. Yep. I get it. Yep. Okay. And then, Mm -hmm. so then, yeah, then I started my real estate career, which was terrible. What year was that? So this is 2015. 2015, you started your career. So 2015, I took my test in February. Um, I think at the end of February, I finally passed it. And I think at the end of May, I finally got my certificate that I was a licensed realtor. Right. So they did all my stuff. And then at that point, it was just marking to everyone that I was a realtor. Right. Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I would like to help you buy or sell a house. Right. So luckily, one of my buddies that I actually, um, we did a lot of bike riding together back in the day when I was hanging out downtown. He was like, dude, I actually want to sell my house. I'm like, all right, cool. And like, he bought it for a good deal. He bought it for 60 back in 2012. Mm-hmm. And we ended up selling it for... I think 135 um, back in August of 2015. Okay. So that was my first sale. And the cool thing about my first sale was it was a buy and sell. Yeah. So we sold his and we bought off actually Wedgwood. Yeah. <laughs> we bought a flip off Wedgwood. Nice. And then the flipper who actually bought his house ended up selling it for, I think, like 250 or 260 It's crazy what prices were back then. Yeah, right. So you end up doing your first year as a realtor. Um, this is back in 2015, 2016, you're in year two. Yeah. And this is when we met. 
No, we met in 2017. Okay. Yeah, so 2016, I'm seeing an average realtor. I didn't do like, I, I tell everyone my story. I was like, dude, I did like 25 rentals yeah. in like six or seven months. Then I did about seven sales. Um, I almost got my eighth sale, which was my first like almost half million dollar like buyer. Nice. And then like two days before escrow was about to close, they're like, yep, we can't buy this house because of X, Y, Z. I'm like, this sucks. Oh. Like that check was so cashed. Dang. <laughs> like I was already like thinking like, so I met my wife that year and I was already like looking at like buying rings, like thinking about <laughs> it and it didn't work out. <laughs> so, so Lexi had to wait. Yep. And like Lexi was like, Hey, what if I take you on vacation? And like, we go to like Cabo and I'm like, what, what is that for? If like me to propose to you? <laughs> <laughs> so she was already baiting me. Um, 2016, I'm saying traditional years, like my first full year, I think I did like 20 or 25 deals. I forget exactly, but I'm saying they were all 50, 50 That's a splits. lot. Yeah. Yeah. They were all 50, 50 splits with my brokerage. Yeah. He was referring you to leads, right? Yeah. yeah. He referred me about half of them. Half, the other half of them saying were just yeah. leads that I got. Right. But yeah, I learned a lot from him. Um, he was great. I'm saying he was kind of weird. I never went out with him because the first time I drank with him, he just was like Dr. Jekyll, Mrs. Hyde. Like I was like, I can't do this, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, but the, yeah, the end of that year, 2016, um, is kind of when I met you. Right. Like I had a traditional buyer. He's looking at houses and we had just fallen out of escrow with a VA, his VA loan. And that's when I met you and your listing. And he's like, dude, I love this house. I'm like, I think it's a little overpriced, but I think, <laughs> I think we can talk to the seller to like, to like make you uh, have a better offer. Right. So I think you had just fallen out of escrow with someone else, right? I can't remember something like that, but yeah, I remember you called me because um, I was still listing my properties at that time. I was still a realtor and um, I actually did get an offer from you and someone else. And I remember you were like, yeah, you know, I got this buyer. What's it going to take to get the deal? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, just, you know, submit your offer. Give me your highest and best. And you were like, well, I don't think it's going to appraise. It's overpriced. And, um, I think it might've been you who came up with the idea. You're like, you know, if it doesn't appraise, you got to pay for the appraisal. And I was like, it's going to appraise. Like, I don't care, you know? And, uh, it did appraise. I was right. It appraised over. It appraised over. Um, and you know, we sold the property and, uh, yeah, that was, that was the start of, and I didn't know it was a friendship. It was just, Hey, we did a deal. I do deals with different agents, whatever. (laughs) But I remember I told you, and this is, one tip I always tell everybody um, who's starting out, just tell everyone what you do. And so I didn't expect anything to come of this, but I told you, I said, hey, you know, this was a flip. Obviously, you saw what I bought it for. If you ever get a deal or anything that looks like a flip, you can represent me. You can get the commission. I don't care. Um, just let me know, and you can represent me. Yeah. And that was the start of it, because what was <clears throat> it, like maybe two months later? Yeah, two months later, there's another listing that I – Lost out being the listing agent, but I saw how low they listed it. And I was like, dude, I think we can get a deal on this. But there's multiple deals that I'd send you, and I still had no idea what you are doing. Right. You were like, hey, so this is what I do, which understood. I'm saying you're at a high level talking about what you're doing. And I was like, dude, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> what is this guy talking about? Yeah, what is- I'm just like traditional. I'm like, you don't pay market value? What is that? Yeah. How do you get such a deal? Yeah. Um, but you figured it out. I mean, that, and that's part of the thing too for anyone watching this or listening is that a lot of new agents or new wholesalers or whatever, they don't really understand the game yet. And don't like look down on them or, you know, judge them, just coach them through it. And that's kind of what I did with you is like you kept sending bad deals, which is fine. It's not like, dude, you're an idiot. Why would you send me this? It was like, <laughs> no, this, this doesn't work. Here's why. Okay. This is where I need to be at. Yeah. And then, 
two months later, it led to, you know, doing a deal. And then um, it's led to an, uh, uh, you know, uh, a series of events since that <laughs> have True. unfolded. Worked out well. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up doing that deal together. Um, yeah. When we did that deal, it was the first time I actually met you. Yeah. We had never met before that. Yeah. That's right. I remember like you showed up in this like Vogue so I can take one and I thought <laughs> you were a chick. <laughs> if you guys, maybe we can link to that uh, post. <laughs> but yeah, I had a 2011 VW Tiguan and uh, super girly car, but it was cheap and I was cheap. Um, but yeah, we ended up doing that deal. The flip didn't end up going too well for me, but it was all good. It led to what we have now. Yeah. And what happened after that? We we just stayed in touch. So I think you went. You were playing baseball that summer, and I was sending you more deals, and I still had no idea what, what your buying buying criteria was. To be honest, right? Like I had no idea. Yeah. Till you actually helped me my first wholesale, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Like I had no idea what you're still doing. Right. And just because I wasn't educated, I didn't know what wholesaling was, what flipping was back then. Right. Well, I mean, still a lot of people don't, especially realtors. Realtors have no idea. Yeah. But. You know, we ended up uh, building a relationship there, and I ended up coming back home later that year in 2017, and I decided I was going to go full force because I had retired. I was like, all right, I'm starting a brokerage. I'm doing this. Like, I'm ready to take over the world. Yeah. And we started a brokerage, and, like, uh, I think I had told you. I don't even know how it happened. Oh, you know how it happened? I think I posted about it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, we're starting a brokerage. If anyone wants to join, let us know. And I think you just messaged me and you were like, where's it at? Yeah. Isn't that? I was like, let's go see it. And you're like, it's not even done. Like, let's go see it. Yeah. And then we talked. I'm saying, we, I think we talked. We're like, like, oh yeah, we're thinking about opening this state. I'm like, just let me know when I can start. Yeah. And you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. You was like already just ready to roll. We yeah. hadn't, we didn't have an office. I don't even know if we had a name. Yeah, you, you were just like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Agent. And now you have that distinction of being agent number one. Yeah. And you, sure. you hold it over everyone's head for sure. So, uh, you know, we did that and it was really just you as an agent at the time. You know, I didn't have you working at home run offer or anything like that. Um, talk, talk about the progression from there, you know, those early days. So when you first opened the brokerage, you were, you were talking about kind of what you did and you're like, Hey man, I think you'd be more productive. If you have an office. So like I had the first office there and I think then like Tyson joined. Yeah. I figured who else joined at the time, but uh, I had an office there. I go there every day just to follow up with leads. Yeah. And then I think shortly after that, you're like, well, we need to figure out how to market to get more flips. Because I think you had done, like, when I first started, you had that first year, I'm not sure if you'd done, like, 59 deals from me at. Yeah, 2017, before we got the office, I ended up doing 53, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and then in 2018, this is my first year full-time, so I was like, we got to do over a hundred, but we're, to do it, we got to market. That's the only way. Yep. And so, um, that was when I approached you and I was like, Hey, I think you would be really good. Um, just going on seller appointments and, uh, being a, an appointment guy. Yeah. But I didn't even get there yet. We were still, <clears throat> I think we started off with what we had two guys from Bible study, two guys from playing basketball with you. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah. It was just a <laughs> ragtag group of dudes yeah. for sure. Anyone who had a heartbeat. Hey, would you like to come to my office yep. and smile and dial? There was one guy in a tongue ring. And I was like, this guy's not going to last. And he didn't. He lasted a day. <laughs> <laughs> if that. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is the people who did last are all like just Still the here. best. They're studs and um, loyal, just love it. And so it, it's amazing that, 
with no structure, no anything yeah. that they, I, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was really dumb what we did. <laughs> like we were literally hand dialing sellers on the cell phone on the, like this, just uh, on our personal phones, on our personal phones, hand <laughs> dialing, you know, not even using anything. I was like, now I look back, I'm like, man, I don't, I lit- and no sales training, nothing. Yeah. I have no idea how we got deals, but we did. We got a lot. Yeah. I'm saying for what it was, we got a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you just were really good at picking lists back then, but yeah. <laughs> I think it, it might have just been God's favor, uh, yeah. making sure we succeeded because we shouldn't have yeah. with what we were doing. Because I would say, so like when I first joined the brokerage, I had two listings that I withdrew from my last brokerage. Um, and then I tried to sell them with you. And then I had my first client who I was, so I sold their house, got them a rental. We actually ended up buying the dad's house as yep. a flip. Yep. That was my first wholesale. Yep. And I didn't, see, I didn't even do anything. You negotiated the whole deal for me. I know. You and made you, 20 grand your first wholesale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also made, what did I make? 80 grand? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still waiting for my 60,000. Because <laughs> didn't you say your profit margin is only 20? That's true. Minimum profit, 20K. Perfect. But uh, yeah, that was that was interesting too. Just um, that first year, right? Like learning everything we did, you know, going direct to seller, learning to go on appointments, going to cold call. And we we got over 100 deals that year. It was crazy just winging it. Yeah. You but know? those are a lot more wholesalers back then we were buying off as well. Yeah, we were buying off wholesalers. Um, now wholesalers, not so much because they're not getting deals. But yeah. uh and then Gabe was also doing MLS back then. Yeah. So we were doing, I'm saying we're a lot of different channels we're using. Now we're right. using more money to get yeah. more channels as well. But Well, I think, too, it just goes back to you always have to adjust every year. You know, it's not going to be the same. What worked four years ago works today. For sure. So I would expect that what we do going forward will be very different. You know, we're trying new stuff this year, right? So yeah. it's like we're always adapting. Yeah. But I want to talk about um, – your progression, right? So that year in 2018, figuring stuff out, you were being an agent. You had your best year ever as an agent. You were doing the, actually uh, this last year was my best year as an agent. <laughs> well, up to that point, <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. True. So we, uh, you know, we you, you had a great year as an agent. Then you were doing basically my stuff on the side. I would say, yeah. You know, and then 2019, you um, worked more for me, yeah. less as an agent, and we actually had a bad year in 2019. And, you know, I talk about that a lot, uh, how we bought a lot of bad deals. Well, the end of 2019, we bought a lot of bad deals. The Just, end of 2018. Sorry, end of 2018. Right, and it came, it forwarded over into 2019. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we just really had to take a look at ourselves and see, man, what do we got to do to be different and um, really build this up? And so we hired Gary Harper, which... Um, I think we're, we're missing a lot of stuff. You're just jumping forward, bro. Oh, what do you, what did you want to say about that? So I would say like you're saying about my progression in the company. So I went from the appointment guy, yeah, who then I'd I'd still call you I'm like, hey, so they want this number, like, yeah, just present this number and just don't talk, just yeah. wait till they say something. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I was um, trying to teach you sales. Yep. And then after that, we went through. Uh, um, was it 2019 we went to John Martinez or 2018? The end of 2018 we did. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then then it was me. So then you got rid of all the ragtags, and it was me and Michael. Right. We're just doing acquisitions. Right. And then you were like, well, somebody needs to sell them. I don't want to sell them. Okay, Sean, Bob, you'll do acquisitions now. So I put on that hat. No, dispositions. Just, sorry, dispositions. Yeah. Sorry, dispositions. And then after that, um, then we did John Martinez. 
And I'm saying you'll probably tell the story. I, I was negotiating, just did the worst thing ever. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, brought up this story. So one thing that I never realized um, early on was that sales training was super important. Um, sales for me always came naturally. I was a pretty good speaker and understood how to negotiate and all that stuff, mainly for my couch flipping days. I had negotiated so many couches that by the time I negotiated houses, it was like I'd done this a million times. It's just different things we were negotiating. And um, it's funny with the couches, it's it's the same pitch we have. It's like, hey, I'll pick it up quick. I'll buy it as is, <laughs> you know, no hassle. I'll deliver it, like turnkey. Like, it's the same thing. And so um, I never even thought that, like, sales needed, uh, like, <laughs> training. I was just like, dude, you're a good sales guy or you're not. But I had heard it over and over again. And so... We ended up going to um, a guy named John Martinez. He's a uh, sales trainer for real estate investors. And we went to his event in San Diego. And he taught some really good stuff. And I remember, you know, Michael, you, um, I think it was just us three and Tyson all went. And we learned a lot. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? My company, Future Flipper, can help. We've trained hundreds of people all over the country, learn to flip, wholesale, and buy rental properties. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your investing journey. Whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your company, Future Flipper can help. We have courses, coaching, and events for all levels of investors. So if you want to take the next step, go to futureflipper.com and book a free consultation to see how we can help you. Once again, that's futureflipper.com. One of the hardest parts about real estate investing is finding a good contractor. That's where Southwestern Custom Construction comes in. They've been doing remodels in Nevada and Arizona since 2006. As a fully licensed and bonded general contractor, they're able to help with any type of renovation, all the way from an entry-level fixer-upper to a custom luxury home. Southwestern Custom Construction specializes in working with investors. I've personally used them on many of my projects, so I know their team is legit. If you want to get a bid on a project, head over to customhomenow.com. Once again, that's customhomenow.com. Are you looking to find off-market real estate deals? One of the best tools my team uses is Batch Leads. With Batch Leads, you're able to pull data, manage lists, and send text messages. On top of that, you can get nationwide access to the MLS to get pictures and comps. My team has used Batch Leads to get some of our best deals, so I know it works. You want to start today? You can get half off your first month by going to batchleads.io and using the promo code RYAN. Once again, that's batchleads.io, promo code RYAN for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. One of the big things we heard or we learned was, uh, hey, you know, if you got to give bad inf- or bad news to somebody, you want to go negative. And what going negative means is really just like go super like, like uh, for instance, if you're going to deliver bad news, I'd be like, hey, you know, I like this is really killing me inside. But, um, you know, I just... I don't even know how I'm going to say this, but I feel super bad. Uh, but I, I just got to tell you this, like, whatever. And then you say whatever the bad news is, right? You prep them for the bad news because what you're doing is you're creating this emotional state where, like, they're going to give you sympathy now because you're, like, distraught. That's just human nature. Whereas if I just deliver the bad news like I am now where I'm like, hey, Sean, Bob, you're fired. Like it, it, it ain't going to go work out too well. See you later. Yeah. I, I gotta be like, dude, I cannot, you know, I got to get in this emotional state. So anyways, um, 
I call the seller. <laughs> yeah, Sean Bob. We're in the middle of training. We're like, dude, yeah. perfect lead. Yeah, we got we a lead. Call this guy. Yeah, and uh, the seller, we actually needed to get a price reduction because we misjudged the deal. It needed more work than we thought, all this stuff. We need like a 20 grand reduction. And so literally we just learned it like two seconds ago. We're like, okay, Sean Bob, you've been talking to him. You got to call him back. You got to be negative. Just uh, really let him know that you're super sorry that, you know, you can't give him the price and let him know that you got to drop a 20K. So Sean Bob gets on the phone and we're like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be really good. I'm glad we learned this. And uh, so Sean Bob gets on the phone. He's like, hey, you know, Joe Seller, how you doing? He's like, I'm good. I'm good. What's going on? Hey, so um, we're going to have to reduce the price by 20K. How's that sound? And I'm just like, no, it's worse than that. Yeah, we're all just looking. I'm like, dude, what? Where did, what did you, you panicked? What are you doing? It was, it was one of the funniest things I've seen. It, was, it happens. It happens. It, it definitely cost us a, a deal, but uh, it was a good learning lesson. Um, then your buddy bought it. My buddy did buy it. That's right. We lost it to him because, you know, he, he built better rapport. He, he did. He probably went negative. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyways, from that whole experience, we started to realize like who was good at sales, who wasn't, what better roles were. And that kind of led us through 2019 of seeing like, okay, where's the production really coming from? And uh, who's the guys getting deals? And like a lot of it was me. You know, I was the one closing a lot of these deals because I just happened to be the best closer on the team. And Still are. Well, you know, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but. Uh, we still try to put you out there, but you're uh, too busy for us now filming. I know. I don't. That's funny, man. I talk about business a lot. And it's like, yeah, I could go work at my house living business and we for sure would do better. Like, there's no doubt about it. But, like, I want to do this stuff. You know, that's what I want to do long term. I, I would love to negotiate with sellers all day, but uh doesn't bring me a lot of passion. But anyways, so we ended up uh, trying to figure out what roles are best. And having a tough 2019, which I've talked about in other podcasts, um, really did that. It made me hire Gary. And um, I was talking about him earlier, Gary Harper from Sharper Process. And man, we paid him like 15 grand to come to our office for a couple of days. And he revamped everything we were doing. You know, he took me from a guy who was, you know, a hustler, entrepreneur. I'd never had worked corporate or anything like that. I didn't understand structure. Um, and I shouldn't say I didn't understand it. Like I knew it better than 95% of people, but to get to the top 1% of the 1%, I needed to learn it the right way. And so we took personality tests. We, you know, created systems and processes. We created job description, like everything for every single role in the company. And he goes, Ryan, you know, what do you think you're best at? And I was like, well, um, I'm really good at getting deals. That That's like my best strength. He's like, good. That's what your personality says you're good at. You're great at sales. And you're great at um, being a visionary, you know, coming up with ideas and all this stuff. And I said, okay, great. I would love to do that all day. And he's like, but right now you are also, you know, in the integrator role. And so for those of you who have read the book Traction, if you haven't, I would highly recommend it if you're an entrepreneur. But uh, in Traction, there's a visionary and then there's an integrator. The visionary comes up with the ideas. They motivate the team. They're that, you know, Elon Musk, you know, Steve Jobs type person. But then you need the integrator, the one who's actually going to implement those ideas that the visionary has. This would be the Steve Wozniak. This would be the guys you probably never, never even heard of because they're behind the scenes doing it. 
He's like, you need an integrator, you know, because you you suck at it. He's like, you are not good at holding people accountable. You're not good at, um, you know, holding meetings and doing this stuff. You hate it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I would be so happy if I never did that. He's like, yeah, you need an integrator. You need a COO. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you think I should do, Gary? You see everyone in our team. Uh, who's the COO? And uh, he actually pointed to somebody I didn't expect. He's like, well, you want to know who's qualified and who has the personality to fit COO? I said, who? He said, Sean Bob. And, like and Sean Bob was not even there at the time for this meeting because um, his daughter was being born. Yep. And so he was not even there when Gary said that. But the thing is, so I actually got promoted to become the sales manager during that meeting. And then when I left, then I got promoted again to become the COO. Right. Yeah, because he, you know, what he does is he's like, hey, we're going to rearrange every seat in the organization. Like, literally, no one has a job. Picture that. And we're just going to put the job where, you know, you should be. And so he ended up uh, switching the jobs all around. And, um, you know, he put me where I was at. And he, when Sean Bob was first there, he put Sean Bob where he was at. And um, I ended up uh, really just, you know, like, man, what are we – what are we going to do? Like, we need a sales manager and a COO. He's like, you need to put Sean Bob at the COO. He's the only one qualified. I was like, Sean Bob? And it's not that it was any disrespect <laughs> to Sean Bob, but I was like, man, he's going to lead everyone? This yeah. is crazy. And uh, he's like, he's the one most fit. And so I was like, all right, well, we'll test it out, man. It's worked out ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been two weeks. <laughs> it's been two weeks. No, so – you know, we ended up doing that in 2020 and it really, we had our best year ever with Sean Bob at the helm. We, you know, I, I honestly did not work that much at the company. Um, I was able to put out all this content and everything I'm doing. Um, like, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing what it's like when your company is running efficiently with everyone in the right seats. Cause we did it for so long, <laughs> inefficiently people in the wrong seats, People maybe not even um, aware of what's their role. Yeah, <laughs> you know who's responsible for what. But uh, okay, the one the one thing I'm saying, you yes, you stepped away, <laughs> but everyone knows Ryan. Ryan's a deal junkie. Yeah, he's like, hey, what's going on over there? Oh, <laughs> hey, what are the numbers? And I'm saying yeah. we were at a was it Provo? We were talking to a guy Ryan, and I'm saying he makes millions a year. He's a billionaire. So I'm saying yeah. for us to talk about a deal, we we're going to make thirty thousand. He was like still in the game. He was like, dude, so what are you guys? What are you guys making? With <laughs> yeah. the spreads? Yeah. I'm like, do you want to fund it? Like, <laughs> he's trying yeah. to get more private money for us. Yeah, dude. I mean, when you love making deals, it doesn't matter where the deal is. Um, yeah. For me, I love hearing about the deals. I love creating deals uh, on this podcast. You know, if anyone wants to be a sponsor, you know, here's the sales pitch. We are looking for sponsors. We've already got some, but uh, you know. Definitely email me below at uh, media at ryanpineda.com. I love just making deals, man. Whether it's uh, sponsors, whether it's flips, rentals, starting a business. Just, dude, negotiating is fun. It really is. Um, and that's what my profile said. And it took me a long time to realize that. So, you know, it's it's amazing, man. And you've done a tremendous job, obviously. Uh, I would not be able to create what I've created with, uh, the Ryan Pineda show, unless you were at the helm over there, you know, cause then I'd be having to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, you, you know where we're at now. Um, 
I would say like just the, being the year that I've been there so far, I'm saying it's been great to watch everyone just evolve in the role. Right. Because I'm saying I've seen Michael, me and Michael are probably the, the two original. The OGs, yeah. Um, I'm saying Michael went from sales manager training one just to back to straight sales, and I'm saying he's just really good at just sales. Yeah. He doesn't – I'm saying he's good at also training, but I'm saying – He's, he's not better. good at accountability. There you go. Accountability right. is the thing. Unless it's the gym, then he's there every morning. He's there every morning. He's getting on me. Yeah. Um, but I'm not good at accountability, you know? Like, I literally cannot hold people accountable. I'm like, yo, you just do your stuff or you don't. It's on you. I don't yeah. care. I'm just a ball buster. Yeah, you're, you're on l- these guys look, every day. I look at money. And if they're not making me money, then we need to figure it out. How do you make me money? <laughs> Are they nothing personal? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, right? And it's funny, man, because what's our saying uh, when people start doing I'm like, this ain't a charity. Like, <laughs> we have charities that we love giving to. We got different things we'll do. And, you know, I'm actually working on starting a charity. There's a place for the charity, and then there's a place for business. And, yes. you know, you got to be held accountable with what you're doing, man. Yeah. And who holds you accountable? Um, Just myself. No, it's usually talking to you, your sister. Yeah. I'm saying it's probably just my, more my accountability. Um, it's probably more Noel than me. Well, I'm saying every Monday, Noel, me, Ryan, sorry, me, Noel, uh, Daniel, and Matt are talking all businesses. So we're overseeing everything in the company with all the money, all the rehabs, um, and just like, and then whatever we need, ask Noel. She'll help us out, whatever we need for the company. Right. That's our weekly motivation kind of thing, just being accountable for everything we're doing. Right. Yeah, for for all the listeners right now, or if you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, if you're if you're listening and watching on YouTube, we actually have a giveaway. Um, if you go to ryanpineda.com/giveaway, we are going to be giving away thousands of dollars for the launch of this podcast. All you have to do is subscribe on YouTube, um, subscribe on Apple Podcast, leave a review, and then um, submit that information to, like I said, ryanpineda.com/giveaway, and you're going to be entered to win. We're going to be doing a huge raffle with thousands of dollars, giving away courses, all that stuff. But um, for those of you listening, and this is your first time, Noelle is my sister. And Noelle is the overall COO of all my companies. So a lot of you guys know I own a brokerage, like we were talking about, that Sean Bob um, first joined. He was agent number one. We've got like 75 agents now. Uh, I have my education company, Future Flipper. We've got students all across the country. It's all my courses, everything. I've got a CPA company called TrueBooks, and we help real estate investors, YouTubers, influencers, all that stuff uh, with their taxes and accounting and bookkeeping, everything. And then um, Home Run Offer, which we've been talking about this whole time for real estate investing. And, you know, for me, I I once again cannot keep... (laughs) all those people accountable. I don't have a weekly call with Sean Bob to make sure he's doing what he's doing. I don't have one with the other COOs of the other companies. Noelle, Noelle's job is to do all that. And she does a great job. I mean, you know, I'll get a report from her pretty much letting me know if anything needs tweaking. But if I don't hear from her, it means everything's going smooth, you know? So, um, that really does give me the freedom to do all this stuff because, uh, you guys are all so, dialed in and, um, you know, being held accountable. Noel holds you accountable. You hold everyone else accountable. You hold yourself accountable. Like, I don't know if anyone holds me accountable, but, uh, it's going all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Noel's there for. Your wife. 
She'll do accountable. Yeah, there you go. Mindy holds me accountable. I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Mindy is now uh, regulating your times. You can talk to people after when you get a, you get a home. I think now. Yeah, dude, you try and you guys, you and Matt always try and call me like at you know six seven when I'm eating dinner. It's like Will no, you f- call no phone, us at ten, bro. Like we're like. Ten's okay. Six, six, seven o'clock's not okay. Ten's fine. Okay. If you get all my texts, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's typically at like eleven because, you know, now I can get I can sneak away and like text on my phone, and just be like, all right, guys, here's what we're doing tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> Start. I want you to be dreaming about it. There you go. Uh, but now I get good inspiration. You know, that's one of our our uh, core values. Inspire. I get inspired at eleven when I'm like laying down doing nothing. So, anyways, man. What do you, you know, what do you think is going to happen going forward, dude? What do you want to do? Um, with the company, just obviously buy more and more flips. I'm saying yeah. we kind of talked about it. Um, like Vegas, I wouldn't say we're really getting tapped out, but I'm saying Vegas is starting to get a little bit harder to buy deals right now. Right. Um, so obviously we're in Tucson now, and then I don't know if we're allowed to talk with us. Like we're now trying to just talk to all your students that like need help funding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, it, it's using the network, right? So... I'm always innovating, like we're talking about. Another mission statement, right? And we said three years ago in 2018, or four years ago, or yeah, three, um, a lot of deals we bought were from wholesalers and MLS, right? And then this last year, that wasn't a good source for us. It was all direct marketing. We tried, you know, we jumped into TV commercials, which were brand new and it worked great. Um, what I see going forward, well, I do have a big social media following now. And so, you know, we were sitting there thinking about it. How do we leverage this following to get more deals, Mm -hmm. you know? And the conclusion was we're really good at raising money. Why not just fund other people's deals that, you know, we're, we're confident in obviously in them as an operator and, you know, do a JV with them, you know, profit split it. And I think that can be a very successful way to get an extra 50, even a hundred deals if we just can, we're pretty much betting on the person more so than the market. Oh, yeah. You know, because uh, I have a lot of students who, you know, we've trained them, and obviously I trust them, and, you know, I, I'd be happy to fund their deal, and we've done that, but how do we do more of it? You know, because we don't really talk about it very much. Yeah. Well, the other thing we, that we implemented the other day was uh, you were, like, talking, to, I don't know if it was one of your students or someone on social media, like, hey, if you have a lead that can't be closed, send it to my team. Right. And I think day one. We, we got that deal. We got the deal. Yeah, wholesale in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, you know, because we don't traditionally buy in Phoenix. We do in Tucson. But uh, one of our guys was like, hey, you know, we don't buy in Phoenix. I'm like, who says that we don't? <laughs> you know? Right. It, at the end of the day, why can't we wholesale it? And um, we ended up talking to the deal, and we wholesaled it. Yeah. You know? I would say that's one of the things, like, my like my guys will ask me, like, hey, uh, we have this house in the Southern Market. I'm like, well, what do we do here? We flip houses. Oh, yeah, perfect. Is it a house we're talking to? Perfect. Lock it up. <laughs> Just lock it up. Yeah, if it's, we'll figure di- it out if later. it's discounted, we can find a way to monetize it. And, I mean, even with the sellers, too, it's like if it's a thin deal, a lot of times we wouldn't lock it up, right? We're like, no, there's no way we can flip it, and we don't want to put something under contract that we can't flip. But I'm like, why are we doing that? Why don't we just be honest with the seller and tell them, hey, you know what? We can't flip this. It's what you want just doesn't make sense for us, but if you let us put in a contract, at least give us a week or two to figure out if somebody else is willing to. Yeah. And that's got us a bunch of extra deals. Like, they're not big deals, but uh, it's revenue yeah. that my guys we were called, turning down. Well, my guys called the Sean Bob special. 
Like, it's, a, it's, it's a thin deal. Yeah. Just lock it up. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. Just be honest. Like, hey. Worst comes worst. We try to get a reduction. We can or we can't. Right. And, you know, for me, it was always like, oh, well, I don't want to put under contract and get a reduction. I don't like the, the philosophy of that. I don't mind it as long as we tell the seller up front, like, hey, I don't know if we're going to buy this or not. Like, we're going to see if it makes sense. But just know we're either going to tell you it's good or we're going to say, no, it's not good. Here's the price that we need to be at. And most of them are pretty cool with it. Yeah. So I think that's a great, um, we relieve their print, their pain problems. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think a lot of sellers too, you know, they need to be shown that, Hey, it, it, it has these issues. It has whatever. So, you know, they're, they're more willing to take a reduction after the process plays out and yeah. you see a, a contractor's bid and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I just, I, we've talked about this a lot, you know, as far as where we want to take the company. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of money raised from, you know, all these investors from social media, everything, even my own money, whatever. So I don't think money will be the issue. Um, as with flipping, the biggest issue is always deals. Um, how do we get more deals? And then if we're going to be flipping, not wholesaling, <laughs> where are we getting the contractors, right? Mm-hmm. Construction's always a problem. But I also see us doing, you know, like we talked about, maybe we're getting to some new developments, you know, like I think I'm super happy to be building my own home. Like we've, you know, obviously I'm going to build my dream home, but I'm excited to learn the process because learning the development process is going to help us on that side too. Yeah. I think we could do some really cool development stuff or multifamily stuff or just get into some bigger deals. I'm going to say good luck with your forever home. Because <laughs> as far as I've known you, you've been in three houses. I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> for, for the audience. Or sorry, two houses. Now this will be your third house in four years. I've known you. I've upgraded a house every two years. Um, and I've also switched my car out every like year, year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to get bored with this house. But I, I don't know how I would upgrade. There's going to be a better mountain. I don't, I don't know that that's the case. You never, well, you don't know yet. You haven't <laughs> bought it yet. That's true. Hasn't come available yet. It's going to be like... Uh, what about those mesas over there near like Red Rock? You're driving uh, towards Red Rock, left-hand side. No, the view from Summerlin's not as good as Henderson. It's much higher. You're correct. So it probably would be a lot better. <laughs> oh, jeez. And it, <laughs> it's like super far, too. Yeah. Now... Well, uh, you'll just move the office over there. I can trust you at that point. Um, after going through the process, and it's going to take whatever, two, three years... It's just like, what am I? Gonna, I'm not going to do this again. Two to three years, like this is this was way too much headache. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm going through right now with like our house. Like we did a bit major renovation. Contractors obviously suck. Yeah, but like I look at houses, I'm like, I can't do, I can't replicate. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. Yeah. And that's just a normal renovation. We're yeah. talking about ground up building, designing, just the time frame of dealing with the city and just yeah. I I'm already dreading it, but you know I've thought about like. Do I want to delegate it like I do everything else? Like, dude, you just freaking manage this project. I'm not trying to deal with this. <laughs> but I know I need to learn the process. So I'm really dedicated to doing that. Well, just film it, and then you can sell the course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're definitely – we're not going to sell a course on building, but we are going to sell um, the documentary to somebody. Oh, nice. By then, two, three years from now, somebody's going to want that documentary for, you know, building the dream home. Well, didn't you have some guy that wanted to, like – Jo- I'm saying he wanted to like like join your venture. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you like a hundred bucks for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that guy, you know, I was like, dude, if I, if I let you join me for a hundred bucks, I'll have like a thousand people out here tomorrow. Yeah. Which, What's you your know, average thousand dollars to do. It might not be worth it, but you know, we don't have enough space. <laughs> What'd you say? What's your average phone call right now? Thousand bucks an hour. Yeah. There you go. You should tell the guy, Hey, this is what happens. Oh, I did. I said, Hey, you know, just so you know, these are my rates like normally. And this, what you want is custom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so make me an, and he was like a hundred bucks. I'm like, huh? And he really anchored you. <laughs> he did anchor me, but you know, he got ghosted. So anyways, um, that's kind of what I see happening for, you know, home the business offer. and home run offer and everything. Um, what I kind of want to transition to is what do you think culture wise kind of sets us apart from a lot of these companies? Cause we have very low turnover. Um, I, I do think genuinely everyone loves coming to work. You know, I think we have a good vibe and energy. What, like, what do you think? Um, I would say most of us I'm seeing have the same like kind of sense of humor and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm saying we can joke around. I'm saying we are definitely locker room talk here. Yeah. Like, I'm saying we even have one girl that works for us now. We just hired another girl. Plus Noel. Plus Noel. And I'm saying that's one of the first things we say, hey, do you know what locker room talk is? That's kind of like our vibe. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm saying like, we're, I'm saying for me, I'm always talking to my team, like even on the weekends, like, hey, what's going on? Like, yeah. like Chuck Bob had a kid that was premature and I'm, I'd always text him. Text Chuck Bob, like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And like, Chuck, Chuck Bob. Do you guys day. hear that? Chuck Bob. So, Chuck Bob is uh, also named Robert. His, <laughs> that's his real name. It's not Chuck Bob. And uh, I think within one day, you named him Chuck Bob. No, the first day. Yeah. Like, who does he, that? He came in for an interview with you. Yeah. Because I guess he just got sued, sued for wholesaling on his own. Right. And he was like, hey, um, trying to get a job with you. And then he's like, hey, so Ryan hired me. I was like, hey, so what's your name? He's like, Robert. I'm like, what's your middle name? He's like, Charles. I'm like, can we call you Chuck Bob? Can you work for us? He's like, all right. <laughs> okay. If, if I get the job. <laughs> he didn't care. <laughs> well, now, sometimes I forget his real name. I like, do too. Because <laughs> I've never once called him Robert. Well, I'm saying everyone that I've hired just gets Bob after them. Yeah, now it's a tradition. You got whatever your name is. It's yeah. Bob. Even though Robert's not in anyone else's name. Yeah. Like, we we hired Cam to join our team. He's Cam Bob, yeah. He's Cam Bob now. And yeah. I'm saying, Ryan, just if, if you join our team and, you, and Ryan sees something in you, and maybe you don't fit there for the time being, he'll throw you somewhere else, that you'll just succeed, which is awesome. Yeah, that is what's kind of a plus is that, um, you know, all of our businesses are in the same office as of now. I'm sure that's going to change as things go along. But, uh, you know, we've had a lot of uh, crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first guys you talked about during that ragtag time, Bry, he ended up, uh, being the front desk at forever home. You know, we had cam Bob switch from home run to future flipper. We had Roham do the same. We had, you know, all these guys kind of, luckily we, we, we have these open opportunities where, you know, they're great people. They're just, you know, maybe not a fit for that role. Yeah. And it, it really, helps us succeed having those different opportunities. Cause for me anyways, I've always said this, like it's like a sports team. I want to have as much talent as possible. Like if I don't have a role for you, but you're super talented, I'm gonna find a way. Yeah. You know, um, good example was Ray. Um, you know, my content manager, he sent the best resume I've ever seen. Every time I get a resume now, I'm just like, dude, <laughs> your resume is trash. You did not send me what Ray sent me. Yeah. You know, he made this custom video, whatever. And unfortunately, he couldn't work for me for the job I needed because, 
you know, he's a young kid going to college and I need, I wanted him full time in the office, but he's like, I can't do it. And at 20, you know, years old, the opportunity to work here, you know, he started out as a guy who was following me as a fan, but he had enough wisdom at 20 years old to be like, Hey, you know, I can't do this. Whereas how many 20 year olds would do that? Right? Like they would, they'd all do it. I was like, this kid's special. And so I was like, man, how do I, how do I get this kid, uh, you know, on the team somehow? So I adjusted the role for him so that I could have him on the team. Yeah. And now he's trying to do more stuff on for you. Yeah. So now, like, now it, he's we're, cold we're, calling. We're just slowly <laughs> trying to get him to quit college. Yeah. We don't want him to be like Sean Bob and, uh, you know, be eight years in school. We want him to, you know, be eight years here. Right, we could. This is college, dude. Future I, Flipper College. But I think he has a lot of fun in college, which I did. I'm saying you meet girls, which I know he has a girlfriend right now. Right. But I'm saying he's up in Reno. I'm saying it's different from Vegas, which is cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sucks, but that's just me personally. Right. Well, with COVID, it, it's not, it wasn't even there. It was just all online. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I keep uh, forgetting we have COVID. Yeah. I know. Um, so, yeah. No, it's just, it's, it's cool, man, to see everybody in different roles. You've, like I said, you've done many different roles. I've done every role out there. So when someone tells me it's hard, I said, I've done your role. It's not hard. The only role you haven't done is project manager. And I will never do that role. <laughs> you did it on your own house and it didn't turn it's out too terrible. well. It's terrible. It's the worst job ever. It sucks. It freaking sucks. But luckily the guy that we have in that role loves it. Daniel. So there's another one, right? Yeah. Daniel started out as a sales guy. Yeah. Dude. And I love Daniel to death, but just. He went from sales guy. But terrible sales guy. To TC. But he yeah. still locked up deals. It's not like he, he did. It's not I, like he did none. No, I got the deals. Okay. He, so he JV'd on a couple deals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And he's he, he's just super nice. And you then know. he became our TC. He did. And he loved it. He would have been a great TC. And then our project manager just wasn't doing good at the time. Yeah. So we we, we transitioned him to another job. Right. Which he says I pushed him out of the company. <laughs> which your dad told him that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Percy's so, starting rumors over here for me. No, so we had, um, like I said, Daniel, he uh, started out as a sales guy. Um, just not a sales profile at all. Way too nice. Um, and it's not like you can't be a nice guy in sales, but you've got to push people, you know, to kind of make a decision. He just would let people do whatever they felt like. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we put him as TC, but then he, he had told me too, he was like, Hey, if project manager ever opens, that's like my dream job. And I said, guess what? It opened like two weeks after TC. Cause you know, my other guy, Chris, you know, once again, it was like, this uh, personality thing. He had been the project manager for years, but you know, he wasn't good at keeping people on timelines and, you know, kind of getting better deals on prices and construction. And I was like, you know what, man, how about you just become our in-house handyman, you know, fix things up, um, you know, as needed and we'll let Daniel be the project manager. And Daniel just thrived at project management. It was like night and day. It's like projects get done instantly on budget, on time. Um, and he loves it. He yeah. love the process and um, and it gives him a little more freedom. Like yeah. I'm saying, when he was in office, it was ten to five, and then it was or no, it was ten to three because he worked us another job. Right, and then finally when we offered him that, he's like, COVID had hit. Yeah, and it worked. He out was well. going to quit anyway. He's going to quit anyways. Yeah, but he didn't have to. So at least he got unemployment. He did get. He worked, he worked yeah. the system. <laughs> well, we might cut that out, but anyway. <laughs> so. Um, Daniel what? Juarez, five three zero is a social man. <laughs> so we uh with just the company as a whole, man, um, it's been cool to see 
all these people really find their roles and um you know i'm just i love i love efficiency i love just like finding the best most optimal way to do something and um i'm just curious to see kind of what we do the rest of this year and what kind of new efficiencies we we try and find um you know even for filming this podcast right like how do we make this more efficient the streamline the process of getting guests of uh you know setting up everything of filming and just so we can do as much high quality as possible um so yeah dude um do you have any like final thoughts or anything nothing just uh what what would you say for um you know the person who maybe has uh wanted to be an entrepreneur or whatever and um maybe it didn't go well a lot of people in the office were that way daniel chuck pop all these guys um and now they're working only one guy has the actual i think profile of of an entrepreneur right chuck pop he's a venture right um i don't know it's one of those things like i've done it it was great i built a little small company right um, revenue wise, it probably wasn't the most successful company. <laughs> it gave me flexibility, freedom. Gave me freedom. That's, that's why people want to be an entrepreneur is the time freedom and yeah. not having a boss. Yeah. But I would say like working here, like, I don't feel like I have a boss. Like I'm saying like, yes, I report to people, but then again, it's like, I'm just free range. Like, yeah. But I, I think everyone here has a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom, which is good. Right. I'm saying we're not doing the freedom. Like we have a, what is it? The, there's no hierarchy with uh, Zappos or some, whatever they did. Yeah, I remember that. We took we took uh, the whole team to Zappos to uh, – they do, like, this little tour to show you how they operate. It's kind of weird. But I think generally everyone that does work here likes working. Yeah. So it's not like they're just lazy and, like, just go through the motions. Yeah, we're not, like, looking at people – well, and I think it also comes back to, like, compensation structure. A lot of people are heavy commission-based, so it's like, dude, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. You know? So it's it's interesting. That's like, I'm saying that's probably the hardest thing for a lot of people to – to get past it's commission it's commission as yeah. i'm saying in real estate that's um, all it is that's all it is 100 right it's feast or famine that's it what is. a lot of people say and uh, hopefully we're feasting dude we're feasting <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'll be going on a two-month vacation after this podcast so thank two you. month all right well <laughs> if you have a job after let me know you know we'll see i'll be in the next podcast <laughs> <laughs> but uh cool dude well you're doing a great job i think uh this was super insightful for everyone watching to kind of see the behind the scenes of, uh, you know, what our company looks like, man. And, uh, just your progression from, uh, the early days to now. And it's, it's always exciting to see what's going to happen. So anyways, guys, we really appreciate you for tuning in, for sticking with us the whole time. As I said before, make sure you guys go to ryanpineda.com slash giveaway to enter the giveaway, go subscribe, go, uh, leave a review and um, let us know some feedback in the comments on YouTube. Let us know what you thought of Sean Bob. And um, I would know. say my final words. Okay. Is I'm saying working with Ryan or working with anyone in life, just make sure you're okay with change. Change. If you're not adapt. okay with adapt to like things going on. I would say the biggest thing that I've learned with with working with Ryan is every time he goes to a mastermind, the whole company gets restructured. <laughs> so if you're not okay with that, don't try to work for like an individual like that. Work yeah. for some, I'm saying work for McDonald's because they're going to do the same thing every day. Right. You're going to put the burger on the thing and then you're going to serve it to the guests. Whereas right. Ryan, it's like, hey, you're going to do text messaging. Hey, you're going to do this. Like, it's just, you're going to throw into so many different roles. Yeah. Until I mean, we figure out what exactly works. It's, it's always about adapting. And yeah. like I said, becoming more efficient. And the only way to find out if you're at maximum efficiency is by testing new things. Yeah. So 
definitely um <laughs> the people who can't change or adapt they don't make it here nope <laughs> so and we're going to be changing and adapting on this podcast as well guys that's why i said definitely comment below for feedback so we can figure out how to make this the number one podcast in the world you think we can do it with anything that you do, bro, turns to gold, so yes. Bro, I didn't pay you to say that. I know. But I'm saying I've seen you develop over the last couple of years. I'm saying you went from a couple houses a year yeah. to 50 to whatever it is now. I'm yeah. saying we're over 100. Yeah. So I'm saying you're, yeah, now, now you're going to make sure it happens. I measure my success in uh, not flips anymore or dollars, but in s- subscribers. So make okay. sure you guys subscribe. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Ryan Pineda Show. If you'd like more information on how to work with me, go to ryanpineda.com. And if you got value out of today's episode, please subscribe on YouTube and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.